in teens here. And those kids are very, very precious to me. I hope you realize that they have some of the most pressure on them than, than any of us in here, right? They're at some major decision points in their lives. And I hope you pray for them. I hope you, uh, I hope you talk to them and try to figure out what, what they have planned for their lives. Uh, it's exciting, but also uh, a little fear and trepidation, I'm sure. Uh, let's turn to Psalm. We're going to be in Psalm 1 most of the night. Psalm 1, so you can put your, put your little ribbon in there. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone who helped uh, with Vacation Bible School. And um, obviously not exactly what we had planned at the end there. Um, <clears throat> but as, as I said, during Vacation Bible School, oh well, ain't it swell, right? Uh, so we taught them that when something didn't go their way, all you got to say is, oh well, ain't it swell. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, you know, kind of talking to God about it and the Lord was like, hey, oh well, ain't it swell, right? And uh, there's, there's a song, I think, I think I sang a solo a while ago back. Uh, it's called As Long As He Is Glorified, right? You know what? We did everything we could. We had Vacation Bible School Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And for whatever reason, the Lord didn't want us to have it Thursday and Friday. And if he's good with that, I'm good with that. We do what we do for him. And as long as he's glorified, that's how I look at it. No, trust me, I wasn't there. I wasn't there right away, but the, the Lord worked on me on that. All right, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Uh, for the teens that were at camp in 2021, not this last camp, but the camp before, I, I stole part, part of this. You, you probably wouldn't even recognize it if I didn't tell you, but that's okay. Uh, if, you, if you guys have never heard Brother Joel Haynes preach, go find him online. He's a, he's a fiery preacher and a huge, huge blessing to teenagers. So Psalm 1, we're going to start in verse 1. Psalm 1, 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray and we'll get into this. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. Uh, I always come with a little bit of butterflies, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that uh, I, I come before your word and before your people with a, a little fear. And uh, Lord, help me to, to convey what it is you want me to convey. Lord, be with my lips, be with my thoughts as I preach. Lord, help me to do what you want me to do, and nothing more, nothing less. I pray that as we look at Psalm 1, that you'd bless uh, in a special way, and we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message tonight is, So, You Want to Be Blessed. So, You Want to Be Blessed. Uh, you want to do more a teenage vernacular. So, You Want to Be Blessed. You know, just throw the wanna instead of the want to in there, right? So, You Want to Be Blessed. All right, my point number one, decide. Psalm 1-1, one, one, 
decide. So it's interesting because if you were told, I mean, you read the first part of this verse, blessed is the man that. If you want to be blessed, you're paying attention, right? Hey, you got my attention. I want to be blessed. What do I need to do in order to be blessed? And you know what it does? It throws three no's. It throws three no's. Not do this, do this, do this. It says do not, do not, do not. So what what, uh, Brother Brother Haynes' message, and I'm going to mention it later, I think, uh, was basically tying knots in your life. Tying knots in your life. Many people will say they don't like rules. You know, especially especially teenagers, they don't like rules. My, my wife laughs at me because I, I like rules. Rules are there for a reason, right? Rules are there because, well, there's got to be a reason it's there, right? Uh, the intersection by Little Caesars, if you're turning left onto, you'd be going south on, onto South Street, there's a two-lane, there's a two-lane uh, right by Little Caesars, two-lane road. My wife is like, you're going to go straight, just get in the right lane. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to pull in the left lane first, then get over to go to the right. But she's like, it's so close, though, to the arterial or, or the other side of the arterial that you really should just get in the right lane first. You're going to cause an accident. I like rules. I, I like to be told what to do. I like to, to kind of conform into those rules. I just like that. I like boundaries. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people think rules are stupid, like my wife. <laughs> Um, so, but hey, we, we complete each other well. Um, but the truth of the matter is, if you think about it, when, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else, and vice versa. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to other things. Uh, I think a good example of that is, is marriage. Uh, you know, my wife says, hey, can I spend money on this? And I said, no. No, just kidding. Uh, marriage is a good example of it because, because marriage, what are you doing when you get married? You're, you're saying yes to one person and you're saying no to everyone else. I think the, the, uh, the vows go forsaking all others, right? Forsaking all others. And you, you take that vow and you say yes to one and no to the rest. But think about this. The word no... Kids learn that word pretty quick, right? Uh, um, Addie learned that word pretty quick. She's in the no stage right now. Um, but the word no and not doing something or, or having a not, right? How about an atheist? Do atheists have knots? Atheists have knots. They will not believe in God, right? Um, an athlete. An athlete has no's has nots, right? They try to, they stay away from unhealthy ways so they can excel at their sport. An entrepreneur says no to distractions, no to other things that's not their line of work so they can focus on their business. How about the Lord? The Lord has nots, right? I will never leave thee nor forsake, forsake thee. We're, we're thankful for that one. How about, let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Again, keep your, your finger in Psalm 1. We'll get there. If you brought a New Testament tonight, you may be disappointed. Because I'm not sure I have a New Testament verse. All right, 103, 
uh, verse 9. 103.9. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. That's a not I'm, I'm grateful for, right? He will not always chide. So it's good to say no. It's good to have nots in your life. So let's look, let's look at Psalm 1 a little more in depth. What are the three specific things that we should be saying no to? Let's read verse 1 again of Psalm 1. We'll just read the first part. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. As we go through these, you see, like, obviously it's Psalm, so we know it's a little poetic. But it's beautiful. The way this is written, you think about walking and you think about counsel. You, like, I think of like, somebody in the, the Old Testament walking with a scribe and walking with them and trying to get some counsel as they're walking toward the, the temple or whatever. Uh, they're trying to get counsel. You're walking in counsel. Uh, when you walk in counsel, what are you doing? Let's turn to, to Amos 3. Amos 3. Right before, uh, I think, Zephaniah, if that helps you. No, sorry, Obadiah. Amos 3. Verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Hey, if you're walking with someone, I know one thing, you're, you're, mostly, <laughs> you're going in the same direction, right? If Elliot came up here and we started walking past each other, you wouldn't say we're walking with each other, right? We're just walking separate directions. Uh, if you're walking in, the counsel, in counsel, you're showing agreement. We're going to go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. Second Samuel sixteen. Let's look at some ungodly counsel. I'm going to tread lightly here. Um, if you know the story, this is the the counsel of Ahithophel. So we're going to read, uh, I believe, twenty one, verse twenty one of chapter sixteen. Now, if you know anything about Ahithophel, he was a counselor. He counseled David. Uh, well, as we'll see, he was a very good counselor at times. <clears throat> at times he was not. Uh, and Ahithophel, this is verse 21 of, of 2 Samuel 16, said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house. And all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in <clears throat> unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So here's some ungodly counsel. Um, number, my number one point under this is the ungodly and their counsel are disgusting. Let's be honest. Look at our world today. Look at the ungodly today. You have people 
who, are, who don't know what gender they are talking to our children in libraries. That's disgusting. That's ungodly. Uh, number two, the ungodly affects the innocent. Again, with that example. But picture this. They spread, they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house uh, in the sight of all Israel. Imagine being in Israel with children and explaining to them why there is a tent on the top of the temple. Try explaining that to your kids, right? And knowing what is the wickedness, the ungodliness that is going on. The ungodly affect the innocent. The ungodly are not ashamed. The ungodly are not ashamed. They did this so everybody could see it. They did it so everybody could see it. The ungodly, this is an interesting part of verse 23. It says, the ungodly may even have a good reputation. Let's look at verse 23. In the council of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. Ahithophel had a pretty good reputation for some pretty good counsel. Uh, we'll get to this later. Um, no, I'll stop there for a second. Uh, and so was the, the, all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So the ungodly may even have a good reputation. So how can you prevent walking in the counsel of the ungodly? I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> Walk with wise men. Now, you could, you could throw at me, hey, it sounds like Ahithophel was a pretty wise man. Okay. Not only should you walk with wise men, but you should compare it to the scripture that you have. You should filter everything through God's word. Um, this might not be very popular, but I like what I guess you would call worldly wisdom, right? I, I kind of like that kind of stuff. Like, um, uh, there's a... There's a um, a job placement coach, I guess you'd call him. One of the things he says is, the place where your talent and passion intersect are the place you should find a job, right? Uh, your, your talent, what you're good at, should intersect with something you enjoy, right? That makes sense, right? Uh, I heard this one recently. This is, this is kind of comical, but I understand where they're coming from. Uh, if you aren't going to work every day thinking... I wonder when they're going to figure out I have no idea what I'm doing. You probably aren't growing. So in other words, in other words, you're going to get into situations, hopefully, at your job where you go, I have no idea what, what I'm doing. In other words, you're going to grow in that aspect, right? I like stuff like that. I like, I, like to hear, I like to hear worldly wisdom. However, I, if I like that kind of stuff, I have to be extra cautious to filter stuff like that through God's word. Have I ever failed at filtering? I bet I have. I'm, I'm sure I have, right? So you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You have to filter counsel. You have to filter wisdom through God's word. <clears throat> and you know what? I, 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 one of my passions really is to help people like me. What, I, what do I mean by, by that? Someone who can serve in God's house and maintain a job, right? 
So uh, basically a layman, right? Uh, I have, I have a, a passion to help people with, with that. Why? If you, find, if you find a job that you enjoy that, that goes with your talents, it's going to distract you less. It's going to enable you to serve God. Let's be honest. If you're here, because, or if you're, if you're here and you just worked a 12-hour shift at a job you hate, are you, really, are you really thinking about God's word? Are you really tuned in to what God has for you? And it, it, it makes it easier. Like, the, like kids like Elliot and Alex's age, right? I want them to find what they enjoy. I want them to find God's will for their life. First, I would love them to be called into full-time service. But if they're not, I want them to find a job they enjoy, something that they have a passion about, that they're good at, so that they can leave work at work, right? I work eight to five, Monday through Friday. I love my job. I really, really, truly enjoy what I do. That enables me to, at five o'clock, close Windows key L, lock the computer, right? And, and go about my day and meditate on God's word. Help my wife with the kids. Oh, good, my wife's not in here. Whew. She's going to be like, <laughs> right, You know what I mean? So what my point is, that is there is worldly wisdom out there that, it, that lines, aligns itself with God's word. But that's the important part. The counsel, the wisdom needs to line up with God's word. Always filter wisdom and counsel through God's word. Let's go back to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Verse 1 again, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. <clears throat> what are you doing when you stand with someone? You, you hear these commercials, stand with us as we, whatever, right? Stand with us as we, standing shows solidarity. Would you agree? You're standing with someone. Uh, stand up, stand up for Jesus, right? You're standing for something. If you want to be blessed, you cannot stand with sinners. You cannot stand with sinners. Let's go over to Psalm 36. You cannot stand with them in the way. Now this verse does not mean standing in the way of sinners like Stop! I will not let you go any further. That's probably a good thing, right? That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about a way as in a path. Uh, standing with someone, or in this case, standing with a sinner. Psalm 36.4. Psalm 36.4. <clears throat> he deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. <clears throat> Stand in the way of sinners. Matthew Henry said this. He stands, uh, uh, someone who is blessed, stands not in the way of sinners. He avoids doing as they do. Their way shall not be his way. He will not come, in, <clears throat> come into it. Much less will he continue in it as the sinner does who sets himself in a way that is not good. 
according to Psalm 36.4. He avoids, as much as, he, as may be, being where they are, that he may not imitate them. He will not associate with them, nor choose them for his companions. He does not stand, he does not stand in their way to be picked up by them, but keeps as far from them as far a place or person infected with plague for fear of the contagion. He that would be kept from harm must keep out of harm's way. Simple as this. If you don't want to be a, sin, a sinner, stay out of their way. And what I mean by stay out of their way, stay out of their path, where they, where they go. Don't stay in with them. Simply saying, I'm not going to do what sinners do. So if you want to be blessed... Back to Psalm 1. If you want to be blessed, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Thirdly, it says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Again, this is just, it's written so well. I find pleasure in how well it's written. Um, Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What do you think of when you think of someone who, sorry, camera guy, can you follow me? When you think of someone who sits and scorns, they simply sit, they're doing nothing, right? All they do is mock and point and laugh. Sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So what happens to scorners? What happens to scorners? Let's go to Proverbs 3. I got a bunch here. We'll we'll jump through them. I think they're, they're all in Proverbs, so... Yes, if you want to do a word study on Scorner, basically stay in Proverbs. All right, verse 34 of chapter 3, Proverbs 3.34. They reap what they sow. Let's go up to 33, kind of get the context here. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners. Oof. But he giveth grace... Unto the lowly. You know what God's going to do to the scorners? Scorn them back. Uh, the Bible talks about he surely will laugh at their calamity. I, be- I believe that's in Proverbs, beginning of Proverbs as well. Surely he scorneth the scorner. You know what? Scorners are going to get what they give. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. They disdain rebuke. Proverbs 13, verse 1 says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. You know, somebody's sitting down and laughing at somebody, and somebody comes by and says, Hey, just cut it out. And what are they going to do? They're going to laugh harder. They're going to laugh longer. They disdain rebuke. Proverbs 14, verse 6. Scorners won't even find wisdom even if they're seeking for it. Ouch. 14.6. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not, but knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. They're going to look for wisdom and they won't find it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a scorner. Uh, Four. Fourthly, let's go to Proverbs 15. 15.12. 
A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. Doesn't love the rebuker. That kind of goes back to they disdain rebuke. Uh, chapter 19. Chapter 19. 1929. Judgments are prepared for the scorners and stripes for the back of fools. Scorners will be judged. Scorners will be judged. Uh, sixth, Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 24. He deals, a scorner deals in wrath generated by pride. Proverbs 21, 24. Proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. Uh, to go with that, uh, uh, the seventh one I have is cause contention. Think about what the Bible says about contention. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 22.10. Proverbs 22.10, Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. When you see that word contention... You should always, in your head, go back to what? Proverbs 13.10, which says, only by pride, only, that word is, is key, only by pride comes contention. If there's contention, there is pride. If you cast out the scorner, contention shall go out. What does that tell you about a scorner? He's proud. He's proud. Just listening to those things and, and reading through those things, you don't want to sit there. You do not want to sit there. So back to Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So these three things specifically talk about walking not. Say, I'm not going to walk in that, the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners, and I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. You know, honestly, we need Christians, we need young people, especially, I feel like, and obviously older people too, but we need people, Christians, who are without apology going to say, I am not going to do that, whatever it is. Uh, but the decision point doesn't come at the temptation. The decision point does not come when you're tempted to do that wrong thing or the thing that you know you should have a no in place for. Let's go to Psalm 101. Psalm 101, verse 3. Psalm 101, 3. says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes, I hate the work, I lost the verse, I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. This is a psalm of David. Did David fail? Yeah, David failed. But he had a knot. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. The time to make that decision is not when that pop-up comes up. 
The time to make that decision is not when that billboard goes by. The time to make the decision is now. The time to say, I'm not going to look at that is now. Let's turn to Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 3. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Another Psalm of David. The very end of that verse. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. The time to make that decision was not when the opportunity came to transgress. The time was then. And the time is now to tie knots in your life. In other words, put some boundaries of things you are not going to do. By the way, if you do that and you take a stand and you say, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. <clears throat> I'm not going to listen to that. Prepare for the scorners. Prepare for the scorners. You know, part of saying no is just simply figuring out what you believe. Part of saying no is just simply figuring out what you believe. Um, I'm a little frustrated with people, uh, some people my age who either I went to school with or I know personally, apparently, I, you know, you, you think they have these things figured out. You think, they, you think they believe the King James Bible is the perfect, inerrant word of God. And then they go on a podcast. Then they say, you know, I'm a, oh, what do they call them? Recovering fundamentalist. Right? Then they write a book. People sat in your pew, the pew you're sitting in right now. Um, figure out what you believe. That's part, that's part of it. That's part of it. All right, what, let's, let's talk specifics. What knots do you need to tie? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. There, there are some specific knots that all of us need to tie, right? There are some very specific knots that we all need to tie. But then there's some knots that maybe Nick might have to have, maybe Elliot or Mike or Mr. Corey might need to tie in their lives that I don't. And there's things that I might need to tie that others don't. How about alcohol? I have never had any alcohol in my life. Praise the Lord. Um... <clears throat> There are some of you that may have to say, I am not going to enter a restaurant that serves alcohol. I do not have that knot in my life. I have been to Applebee's, have been to Chili's, whatever, right? But some of you may need to tie that knot. How about the internet? Some of you may need to tie a knot that says, I'm not going to be on the internet if no one else is home. If no one else is home, I'm not going to be on the internet. 
TV. It's funny because we had a, we had a, uh, uh, Brother Amos preached a whole message on TV, and I'm thinking, these kids don't watch TV anymore. They're Gen, they're Gen Zers. They use the internet, right? But TV. Do you watch too much TV? Hey, I'm not going to watch TV between the hours of 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. I don't know. I'm not going to watch TV at all on the weekdays. I don't know. These are just ideas of knots. How about YouTube? How about limiting time on electronics? Um, last week, obviously we didn't have church because of COVID, but we had, um, we had Heritage on, on YouTube. And after it ended, I think my wife went to take a nap or something. Um, she, uh, or, or the next, you know how when you're watching YouTube, the next thing pops up. Well, it was, um, <laughs> it was a super like neo church. The guy had a nice little collared shirt on. And, I, and Elliot, you'll like this. He had vans on. He had the, the van uh, stakers on. And I was, I was, you know, the girls were playing. I'm like, I'm just going to listen. And, you know, I mean, again, you got to filter everything through God's word. One thing he goes, like he's probably, I don't know, maybe young, um, lower 40s, upper 30s, something like that. And he goes, you know what some of you need to do? Some of you need to pull up that app that limits your phone time. And I was like, ha, 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 what's, where is he going with this? And he's like, you just need to limit your phone time to an hour a day so you can spend more time in God's word. And I was like, whoa, okay, right? Do you need to limit you need to limit that. How about social media? You know what? No, no offense. I have social media. I kind of laugh at, I, I mean no disrespect, because when I was a kid, it was, hey, we don't have TV. And now I feel like the older generation is like, hey, I don't have social media, which is fine. I get it. I get it. Uh, but is that a knot that you need in your life? How about this one? Who's ever heard this? No Bible, no breakfast. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah? I know the, the kids have because that's, that's something that um, Brother Gear teaches, right? Is that a knot you need to tie? All right, camp kids, how's the Bible reading going? Huh? I know a lot of, a lot of our camp kids made some Bible reading uh, decisions. One thing I encouraged them to do, I said, look, and I don't even know if any of them did this. So parents, here, here it is. I said, what, one thing you need to do is you need to communicate with your parents on your Bible reading. What do I mean by that? Okay, you need to, first of all, you need to set a time when you read your Bible. And you need to communicate with your parents and figure out if that's a good time. Is 9 a.m. on a weekday a good time? If you're homeschooling, maybe it is. I don't know. Is 8 a.m. a good time? I don't know. Is 9 p.m. a better time? Okay, that's fine. Work with your parents. Communicate with your parents on when you can read your Bible. Say, hey, mom, dad, I need an hour a day to read my Bible and pray. Do you think, I looked at, I looked at the teens and I said, do you think that your parents would be fine with that? Of course, right? I don't, all, all of the kids that I was talking to at that point were second generation Christians, right? At least second. Um, but my point is, um, I don't know my point. I was just kind of, Railing on the teens for a second. Uh, but being, being specific 
with that Bible reading, and that's important. Uh, saying you won't touch your phone until you read your Bible. I don't know. I'm throwing stuff out there. N these are not things that necessarily that I, knots that I've tied, right? Not, not everything that I just read off are they knots that I've tied, but I don't know. I don't know what you need. There's certain biblical specific things that you know you have to tie, and if you haven't tied them, you need to get them tied, those knots, right? All right, so that's my first point. <laughs> first point was decide. Decide. Choose what you won't do. Trust me, this one's short. This is my last page. See? All right. Decide. Decide what you won't do. Second, delight. It's back to Psalm 1. But his delight, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what? When you delight in something, excuse me, when you enjoy something, you want to know everything about it. When we first got that soundboard back there, I really enjoyed learning how it works. And I still, like, I don't under, it's very, very complicated. There's certain things that we haven't even got to yet, right? So I'd, I'd stay up and I'd watch YouTube videos and learn how it works. I liked it. It was fun. I enjoyed it, right? Uh, you're going to, when you delight in something, you're going to do, do your research. Do your research, right? Do your research. Read your Bible. Delight and meditate on God's word. Turn with me to uh, Joshua 1. Joshua 1. You ever turn in your Bible and go, wait, where am I going? And you're just like going completely the wrong way? Yeah, I just did that. All right, chapter 1, verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou, and then thou shalt have good success. If, I, if I'm correct on that, that's the, the first, first and only time that the word success shows in your Bible. And it's related to God's word. It's related to the law. So that's the second point. See, that was much quicker. So decide. You're going to decide what not to do, according to this passage. Number two, you're going to delight in and meditate on his law. Notice the order. Decide, delight. You know what? If you don't tie certain knots, if you don't say, I'm not going to do this, it gets more difficult to delight in God's word. If you find yourself not delighting in God's word like you should or like you used to, maybe check on what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. Lastly, we're going to look at the result. The result. So we see, we see the decision, decide, and we see delight. Now let's look at the result. I tried to look for a D word that was result. I found one that was like French. And I was like, no, I can't do that. <clears throat> All right, the result. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Number one, I see 
Man, first of all, get this picture in your head, right? A tree planted by the rivers of water. What do we know about that tree? It's healthy. It's thriving, right? Uh, I, I wrote down stability. Stability, the result of, del- of deciding and delighting. Stability. Secondly, he bringeth forth his fruit. Plentifulness. Plentifulness. All that, he, that you need and more. Bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This is a good one. How about timeliness? Boy, you ever, you ever do something and, or, or for somebody or somebody does something for you and it was perfect timing and you're just thankful for when it was? If it had been earlier, it wouldn't have been as sweet. If it had been later, you feel like anyway, it would have been too late. You know, God does that over and over again for us. Timeliness. Hydration. Hydration. His leaf also shall not wither. You know, I, I tease my wife all the time. She has a lot of house plants, and she killed one. Well, she says I killed it. But anyway, uh, she has a lot of house plants, and I, I think I saw some, you know, I like, I like all the quips, right? Um, I think I saw something on the internet where they said, it's better to underwater than it is to overwater. So any, anytime she has a plant that withers or dies, I say, you, you gave it too much water. You gave it too much water. But hydration, even on the dry days, God's going to take care of you. His leaf also shall not wither. Lastly, in that third verse, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Uh, I think sometimes, I think sometimes Christians like to hush-hush prosperity because, yes, there are people that talk about the prosperity gospel, et cetera, et cetera. How about prospering in just that your kids are doing what's right? I think, about, I think about Pastor and all of his kids that are serving the Lord. What a blessing. I think about, my, honestly, my family. My, my two sisters are in, in good churches serving the Lord. That's prosperity. And yes, of course, it's, of course it can be earthly goods and all that. I understand that. I think, um, I think it's consistent to say that with wisdom can come riches. I mean, look at, look at Solomon. Uh, look at heaven. Right? I've heard some people say, you know, oh, there's not going to be real mansions in heaven. That's kind of, you know, why not? It's consistent with the, the rest of the description of heaven. There's gems, there's gate of pearl, there's street of gold, right? It's consistent with that. Um, I, I think that's part of it. It can be. I think prosperity can be riches. I think it can be things like that. He will, uh, whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. All right, to sum up, what do you not do? Usually the question is asked, what do you do to make a difference? What do you, make, what do, you do that makes a difference? How about what do you not do that makes, makes a difference, that makes you different? So you want to be blessed. First of all, you got to decide. you got to set some no's in your life. Tie some knots, Right? you got to decide, hey, I'm not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not standing in the way of sinners, and I'm not sitting in the seat of the scornful. And there's other things you can add to that. We talked about some of that tonight. You know, 
you're probably thinking of some knots you should be tying right now, right? And that's, and that's the Lord. He, should, he, he works in those ways. So decide and delight. And remember, the decision, some of those decisions can affect your delighting. Decide and delight. That is how to be blessed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just the opportunity we have to, to dig into your word. We're so thankful for the descriptions in your word. We're thankful for... You show, you show us how to be blessed. What a, what a blessing that is to just know that if we follow certain steps, we can be blessed. But Lord, it's, it's setting some limitations in our lives to please you so that it doesn't get in the way of delighting in your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to set some of those things aside that we need to say no to. Maybe it's not even a bad thing. Maybe it's just something that, uh, that you know, we spend time on that limits our service for the Lord. Lord, help us to decide to, to get rid of those things that, that don't please you. And help us to delight in your word. Lord, if we're, not, if we're not in your word, we're not delighting in it. Lord, help us to get in your book. And uh, Lord, help us to delight. Lord, it's so good to know that we can be blessed by you. And we crave that blessing. And we're thankful for the direction that you give. I pray that you'd bless this invitation now. In your name I pray. Amen.